Hello, hello, and welcome back to this week's Tuesday episode of the Korean Beauty Show podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Lee, founder of Australia's first online K-beauty store, Style Story, and resident K-beauty expert. You are in the right spot if you want to hear everything that's going on in the world of K-beauty straight from the home of Korean beauty, Seoul, South Korea. Welcome back to another week's episode. I am happy to have you here with me. I hope that everyone that celebrates the Lunar New Year holiday had a really, really nice holiday last week. It is, of course, the year of the tiger. Uh, So that is a big year in the Chinese zodiac, which is, of course, celebrated in many countries across uh, Asia, even in Australia, actually. Chinese New Year, Lunar New Year is a pretty big deal. I remember from when I lived there. But of course, here in Korea, it is a very, very big deal. It is one of the two biggest holidays that we really have on our calendar. And it is a time when pretty much most of the country will at least take a rest for a couple of days. So in general, here over the Lunar Year year holiday, which of course in Korean we call Solar, that is a time when a lot of people uh, stop working, cafes and things like that close down, restaurants, banks, Uh, everyone sort of takes a break. So the way we do it here in Korea is that we always have three days off over the two big holidays, Chuseok and Sola. Uh, We will get the day before the holiday off and then the day after the holiday off. So it just so happened that last week in Korea, uh, Solal Nal, the actual day of Solal was the Tuesday. So we had a break over Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. So that was really, really nice just to take a couple of days off. Uh, And of course, I am in the thick of moving. I mentioned to you guys a couple of weeks ago that we are, Style Story is moving our office in Seoul. So that has been really just a little bit of a headache to try and get all of our stuff moved from our old office into our new office. So I have been pretty busy with that. So it was nice to escape from that for a couple of days. I hope that everyone that celebrates Lunar New Year had some time off. And if even if you aren't Asian or you're not living in an Asian country, you know, there's plenty of ways you can get involved in New Year festivities, even if it is just, you know, going and eating some delicious Asian food. I know that was one of my favorite things to do when I was back in Australia uh, to head out to one of the Asian restaurants, particularly the Chinese restaurants in Australia. I know will do like a lion dance uh, or have something like that to sort of celebrate the New Year. So look, I hope you got into the festive spirit, even if this is not one of your traditional holidays. Uh, And let's jump straight into the Korean news headlines. Of course, the headlines did not stop coming through, even though we had a break uh, last week. And one of the most interesting ones that I saw is that uh, a recent analysis has shown that men here in Korea are buying more cosmetics and they are wearing more leggings. So Shinhan Card, which is one of the big uh, credit card companies here, released the results of one of the analysis that uh, analyses that they had done about card spending and what people are spending their money on. And what it showed is that from January to September in 2021, men's purchases surged 111% on leggings. So they're buying a lot more leggings. And I think they're not, I don't think they're talking about 
leggings in the same way that we would talk about them, you know, uh, like tight pants. I think they really mean like um, athleisure. So, uh, you know, the kind of uh, pants uh, in Australia, we call it active wear. So that's the kind of thing I think people are, the men are buying and they're wearing them, you know, I guess around the house or when they go out, you know, near their house. Uh, and then women's women's spending also increased 55% on the same thing as well. But also men are spending more on their skincare and they they are also spending more on Pilates. So apparently they, uh, they're spending on Pilates rose 19% and then cosmetics increased from 25% to 30% as well. Uh, so basically Shinhan Card was saying that obviously there is a tendency to consume regardless of, you know, existing boundaries in the consumption area. So, you know, people are getting a little bit more open-minded in terms of what they're, what kind of sports they're doing, what kind of things they're putting on their face and what they're wearing. So I thought that was an interesting one. A lot more Korean men are getting a little bit more casual, a little bit more comfy. And I mean, I've certainly noticed that as well. I remember when I very first moved over here, the first time I ever came to Korea in 2011, I recall how formally everyone dressed. I was at uni at the time and I could not believe how many people, like women, girls at uni were getting around in like full on high heels, like six inch heels. They were wearing skirts and jackets and just dressed to the nines. Whereas when I was in uni in Australia, people would be lucky if they had shoes on sometimes. Like they would literally just roll out of bed, basically in pajamas and sort of come to campus and be, you know, half awake floating around doing their lectures. It was not like that in Korea. And even when I moved back here in 2016, I noticed that, you know, at work, everyone got really, really dressed up, men too, in suits and jackets and everything. And that has definitely changed. I'm noticing a lot more casual wear, even for men, uh, in the kind of shoes they're wearing, like a lot less, you know, of the really rigid, hard leather shoes and a lot more just casual, comfortable stuff that you can jump on and off the subway in and, you know, run around to all your meetings. So I guess, you know, that's probably been maybe even quickened by the pandemic. Obviously, if you're working at home, there's not the same need to go out and buy a three-piece suit and be wearing, you know, really uncomfortable clothing. So look, Shinhan Card, that's the um, results that they found of their research. So I thought that was a little bit interesting. Obviously, men in Korea are pretty into cosmetics compared to men in other places, I would say, as a, as a, as a baseline. Uh, you know, they tend to do a lot more procedures and things like that than men in other places, including things like, um, you know, eyebrow tinting and eyebrow uh, procedures like we were talking about last week, having their brows, uh, you know, semi-permanently tattooed. That's a lot bigger here than I've seen in other countries. So there you go. That was the news headlines for this week. And now we're going to jump into the question of the week. So I recently did uh, an AMA and Ask Me Anything on my Instagram stories. So I thought I might as well just use one of the questions that came up there. Uh, And that was, how did you learn Korean? So I posted a story a couple of weeks ago speaking in Korean because, you know, it's one of the questions that I get asked quite a bit. Can you, you know, upload a video of you speaking in Korean, even though I don't speak Korean, I would like to hear you speaking. So I did that. And then, of course, someone was asking, well, how did you learn it? So look, in general, I would say Korean is one of the most difficult languages that I have ever learned. I also speak fluent Italian. I lived in Italy when I was from when I was 17 to 18. And compared to Italian, 
Uh, Korean is just like a whole different ball game, basically. I also learned Chinese from when I was a kid. Uh, and obviously Chinese, the, the difficulty there is the characters. That is the hardest thing I think for people to learn. But the grammar in Chinese is very, very simple. So the grammar and the vocabulary in Korean are the two most difficult things by far. Uh, you know, I'm still learning Korean even to this day. I come across, I'm watching TV and I come across words all the time that I've never heard before. So I'm, you know, having a look in my dictionary, what does that mean? But this is how I did it. So the first thing is I know some foreigners in Korea reckon that they managed to learn Korean without ever attending classes. I don't know how realistic that is for the vast majority of people. I think attending classes, if you can, uh, it doesn't need to be in Korea. It can be wherever you're living. But I think that is a really, really good way just because how diff uh, how different the, certainly English to Korean is. I think to have a teacher there that you can, you know, bounce ideas off and ask questions to without annoying them is a really good idea. I found that the Sogang Dehakyo, Sogang University textbooks were the most uh, useful from coming from English to Korean, I thought that they were very uh, precise, that they are um, laid out in a really, really user-friendly way. I've studied from a lot of different university textbooks. Sorgang is the one that I had the most fun learning from, for sure. Uh, so that's what I would recommend. I actually managed a couple of years ago to do a semester of classes at Sorgang University as well, once I got into the, the um, advanced levels, and that was amazing. It was such a good opportunity. I'm so glad I got to do that. Uh, that is, you know, if you have a bit of time on your hands, I had to try and juggle work and going to class. And that was really, really a struggle. So I only managed to get there for a semester, but that was amazing. That was a really, really uh, worthwhile experience for me. And I think it put me into a very, like the next level up from where I was when I was just studying, uh, you know, more casually. So for sure, I recommend Korean classes. That's my number one tip. The next thing is you are not going to be able to learn Korean unless you very quickly expand your vocabulary. And so I think learning fl from flashcards is a really, really helpful um, way to learn a lot more vocabulary really quickly. There is an app called Quizlet. So quiz, Q-U-I-Z-L-E-T. And that is a really, really good app for just drilling vocabulary. I remember I used to sit on the subway when I was going into work every morning and just drill vocab on my phone. And that was really, really helpful way of expanding my language. Uh, number three, my number three tip if you are trying to learn Korean, there is a resource called Talk to Me in Korean, T-T-M-I-K, and that is so, so helpful just to learn, uh, to listen to Korean spoken, uh, and they just have some really, really practical tips. I don't think listening to that alone would get you there, but that was just one of the things that I did to help improve my Korean. Uh, my number four tip is once you actually can start to speak, I would recommend if you can, trying to meet with a tutor, even if it's just for an hour a week to practice your speaking with a native person and preferably someone that's going to correct you when you make mistakes. That's really important. Uh, you know, like maybe if you're learning, if you're trying to do the same thing with friends, they feel like they can't cri criticize you or they don't want to tell you, hey, that's wrong. So someone that's 
are happy to say, no, your pronunciation is off or no, that sounds awkward or this is how we actually say it. That is really, really helpful. And then the last thing I had that my number five tip was to learn with a goal in mind. So your goal could be literally anything like, hey, next time I'm in Korea, I want to be able to order from the menu in Korean, uh, you know, and speak to the waiter. That's my goal. Maybe that's your goal. Maybe there is an exam you want to pass. Maybe you want to do your topic exam, the test of proficiency in Korean. Uh, Korean. That is, uh, I certainly studied for that and I found that really, really motivating. The other thing is I had to study uh, and get to a certain level, at an advanced level in Korean to keep my visa, to actually get um, a, a long-term residence visa here. So that was really, really motivating for me. I knew that I wanted to get that visa. So I studied Korean with that goal in mind. So I think having a goal is always really, really helpful and it can be literally anything. You know, maybe you're dating a Korean and you want to be able to have a conversation with your, you know, partner's uh, parents next time you're at their house. Something like that can be anything. Um, Maybe your goal is to be able to watch K-drama without the subtitles. Uh, I know that was uh, when I was, you know, learning Italian. Some people told me, oh, I want to learn Italian because I want to listen to opera without this, you know, without the the um, book there telling me what they're singing. So it can be anything, but I think having a goal is really important. So my top five tips, basically, in a nutshell, number one, Korean classes. Number two, use flashcards. Number three, talk to me in Korean. Number four, meeting with a tutor to practice your speaking. And then number five, learn with a goal in mind. That That's my top five tips. Obviously, there's you know plenty of other things out there, but I think those are the the top five that I found the most helpful for learning Korean. And of course, you know you no, you never stop learning, really, particularly when you weren't born in a in a culture or a country. I feel I feel like you know even though I have no problems at all with my Korean, there are new words I come across literally every single day. So there you go. I think it's a lifelong kind of thing. Uh, And now for this week's new product releases. So these are some new products that you will find at the moment on the Style Story website, stylestory.com.au. The first one is Charm Zone's De-Age Retinol Pro Skin. Now, skin is this uh, word that you will see pop up in some product names and you might think, well, what is a skin? A skin is uh, another way of saying toner. Uh, So some Korean products, particularly ones that are targeted more for the Korean market than the Western markets or the English-speaking markets, will just use the word skin, skin, and that is a toning product, so a toner. So this is a refining toning water and it aims to even out the skin tone and also boost your skin's radiance. So it is a gel type toning water, so a lot thicker than a typical toner that you might be familiar with. And it feels really, really hydrating on the skin, basically, from the first time you use it. Uh, the Charm Zone says that it will enhance elasticity, collagen and elastin, and it is ideal to boost moisture in dry and mature skin types. And the thing that is a little bit different about this product from other products that you may be familiar with that contain retinol is that they've actually double encapsulated their retinol in the formula. And that is really, really beneficial for delivering the nutrients directly to the skin. With a lot of these active types of ingredients, it's really important that they don't lose their benefits 
benefit or effects, uh, you know, before they even touch your skin. And encapsulation is one of these really, really effective new techniques for making sure that you get the maximum dose delivered actually where it ne- it's needed and where it can be used. So they are using an amphiphilic block copolymer method. That's how they're encapsulating their retinol. So quite an effective technique. Uh, And this is, of course, a toning product. So it contains 3,000 of these double encapsulated retinol capsules to enhance absorption. So a really, really great product for people that do fall into the dry and mature category that are wanting to incorporate a retinol product, a Korean retinol product, one of those rare unicorns. Although, as I mentioned on one of our previous episodes, I am seeing more and more retinol products enter the market. Uh, Charm Zone is a, is a very, uh, I would say, old Korean beauty company. They have been making products for 40 years. Uh, Very, very popular in Korea. This is one of those brands that is uh, way more popular in Korea than it is certainly in other countries overseas. Uh, And their brand model is actually Jung Nara, who is a really, really uh, popular Korean actress. Uh, She's been in a whole bunch of uh, uh, dramas, I guess, um, You'll be very familiar with her if you've watched it, watched things like Faded to Love You. Uh, she was in a Mukjung drama a few years ago that I am not going to remember the name of. Something about an empress. Anyway, she was the empress in that. She's a very, very famous Korean actress. And she is now 40, and I swear she looks about 23. So she's their brand model. So well, well picked, I would say. Uh, and then the next product, the new product that they is also from the same line, and this is Charm Zone's D-Age Retinol emulsion. So an emulsion, if you aren't familiar with it, is a step that you will sometimes see Koreans use in their routine. And it's basically like a lotion style product. So uh, a much lighter type of moisturizer. Uh, You would use it in your routine, usually after serum uh, and before maybe your oil and moisturizer. So you can go based on the texture, but an emulsion is just an additional layer that you can use to, you know, maybe introduce some new ingredients into your routine that it's not going to weigh the skin down. It's not as thick as a traditional moisturizer. So that's what an emulsion is. Uh, And again, it's the same thing. They're working to enhance elasticity, collagen and elastin to smooth lines and tone skin. Uh, And you get just a really, really moist and plump skin texture when you apply the emulsion. And again, it has this double encapsulated retinol in it that works to deliver the retinol directly to the skin. So I would say this is going to be a really, really good product for people who have the drier or mature type of skin or potentially someone that does have oily skin but doesn't want a really thick, heavy product. This might be a good moisturizing facial lotion for you to incorporate into your routine. So they are just some of the new releases that we have on the Style Story website at the moment. So go and check them out if you are interested in this category of retinol products uh, and particularly for, you know, mature skin. If you do have mature skin or maybe even oily skin, take a look at the, uh, the emulsion. I think that would be a really great one for people that fall into that category. So that is all I have for this Tuesday's episode. Now, on Thursday, for our deep dive, we are going to be taking a look at some skincare and makeup tips and tricks for Valentine's Day, which is just around the corner in case you haven't checked your calendar. The 14th of February, it's coming up. So let's chat then. And in the meantime, I will see you on Style Story. Style Story.